So exciting to be here today talking about the word for us today. What's the word for fathers and the word for all of us? We've been in our series, the Saved series, and if you haven't signed the banner, by the way, we're going to take that banner and we're going to frame it and put it in the new church building. And uh, so if you haven't signed it after the service, I think we have some markers and uh, we'll set that up out in the lobby, and you can come and sign it. We want to keep this as a memorial of the goodness of God for all those people that are part of this church family. We're going to send it to our multi-sites, and uh, you guys know that we have a, a site church in Bonacord, a site church in Rochester. We're going to sign those banners, and we're going to have them framed and put up in our new church. So make sure you sign. If you have your little kids with you that, and they want to sign, they're welcome to do that. But we would just ask you to be there with them. Because putting a felt marker in anybody under 30 years' hand, there could be some creative stuff going on. So that's why I was there when Mitchell signed and I, I helped him. Amen, Mitch? <laughs> we are saved to demonstrate, and we're entering into this part of our series uh, where the demonstration of God uh, comes through our life. And by the way, our new website is phenomenal. And I just want to commend uh, Rick worked so epically hard at pulling that together. I, I just give him a hand. Rick has just done an amazing job. And Rick, we thank you for that. And uh, you know what? Go through And there can be cons some constructive criticism, some things that can say, hey, why don't you think about this? But don't, you know what? Just, just send them positive feedback too. Amen? The positive feedback and say, this is an amazing website, which it is. We looked at multiple websites all over the world in different churches and really built our website around what we thought was the most important thing. So make sure you check out our new website, www.tfhchurch.ca. Amen. Come on. So save to demonstrate. I want you to understand something about demonstrating the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus not only comes to demonstrate the kingdom of God. How many of you know that Jesus came preaching, right? He came teaching the word of God in the synagogues. He preached, but then he demonstrated the word of God. And so that's very prevalent all throughout the New Testament. But ultimately, he's also calling his church to demonstrate. Not only does God come to demonstrate the kingdom to us, but he comes to demonstrate the kingdom through us. And you need to understand that this summer we're calling you to, to understand that God has called you to be a demonstrator of the kingdom of God. And uh, you do that in more ways than you could ever imagine. You see, the, the word for us today is not only that the word of God, the Bible is, is the living word of God. It's the incredible word of God, the powerful word of God that the Bible is. But Jesus himself is the living word of God, the Bible says. But guess what? You know what now? Do you know that all of you here and all of you dads and all of you men and all you women, all you kids, you are actually a word that's being spoken into this world by God as well. Your life is a word that is speaking. And the closer you come to God, the more that word begins to resemble the word of God being the living word of God. And we're going to talk about that today a little bit, that God wants to demonstrate his kingdom through your life in your workplace. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom through your life in your home. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom through your life when you go to the grocery store. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom when you go and you get a flat tire. He wants to demonstrate his kingdom in every aspect of your life. And that's what we're going to be talking about. You see, demonstration comes through revelation which leads to transformation. Let me just give you the, de the definition of that more, more completely. It's, it means this, as God reveals himself to us, 
in our lives demonstrating who he is and how he does things, it changes us and teaches us and trains us to be like him. That's what it means. As God reveals himself to me, that means I'm doing life together with God. Are you following me? I'm doing life together with God. As he reveals himself to me, it begins to change me. How many of you know that when you hang out with somebody, you can start to learn things from them? And you can be changed by that. It was so fun at, uh, at uh, John Booker's cabin yesterday and watching 12 men uh, de-weeding the lake. Now, we're not supposed to tell you that, but it, it was by an accident. Several times there was an accident we were de-weeding the lake. But uh, it was interesting to watch all the men working together and watching them kind of rising into different places and saying, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you? And, and eventually we got some things done, which was phenomenal. Are you following me? Just by learning and watching, and, and, and God wants you to understand in your kingdom life, and your life with, with him in, in Christ, uh, that as you stay with him and walk with him, he begins to evolve the word of God that is in you so that you more and more reflect him and his character in your life. Well, let's pray and see if we can make sense of that today and understand really what God's calling us to do and to be in our world today. How many of you know that our world today is desperate for the word of God to be revealed? Guys, not just preaching, but desperate for your lives to reflect the kingdom of God in a desperate, dark, lonely world. Well, let's pray and see if we can figure that out today. Father, come and teach us, disciple us, train us, because we want to be like you. We want to be a word expressed in this world today, and this desperate world needs a word a word that reveals your goodness, a word that reveals your kindness, a word that reveals not only who you are, but who you are to us and through us. So bless the word of the Lord today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24. I'm going to be reading a large portion of scripture because it tells a story, and I want you to understand it as we talk about this understanding of the word that God is trying to reveal. So in Luke 24, starting at verse 12, it says, now on the same day, this is the road to Emmaus. The same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. So that's important for you to know. So the story goes, guys, basically what's happening is Jesus has just died. He's been betrayed, he's been uh, crucified, and he's been buried. And uh, so this is the situation, the situation that you're finding yourself in this story. Jesus comes along, but he's keeping himself. He's been resurrected from the dead now, but he's keeping himself from being recognized, okay? So let's read on. They asked him, uh, what are you, he asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood there, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked, uh, said this, uh, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things that are happening today in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He is a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. So the first thing is you need to understand they're gripped. They're gripped by a word of bad news. You got to understand, you guys, these guys have been building their whole life, waiting. They're, they're, they're good Jewish young men, 
And they're waiting their whole life for the kingdom of God to be manifest. Now, the kingdom of God is the rulership of God. And so the Jewish people were taught all their lives growing up, throughout all their religious life, for generation upon generation, that God was going to come and establish a kingdom on earth. And in that kingdom, there would be justice. In that kingdom, there would be peace. In that kingdom, there would be righteousness. In that kingdom, the rulership of God would happen, and the life of God would flourish. How many know that's a good kingdom to want? And so they thought, follow me, they thought Jesus was the coming Messiah that was going to establish the kingdom of God. So now they are gripped by this word of bad news. Jesus is betrayed. Jesus is misunderstood. Jesus is crucified. And they're like, what went wrong? Have you ever had that in your own life? Have you ever felt and you're expecting something and you're like, God's with me and therefore I'm going to see something. But you're not seeing God. Are you following me? You're not seeing and experiencing God the way you thought. I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at our world today, and how many of you know I am gripped at times by words of bad news in our world today? I cannot turn on the television. I cannot look at Facebook and and not... I rarely see good news. Another shooting. Another car running over people. Another... It's devastating. It is so gripping. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm a person who believes in the kingdom of God. I believe in the rulership of God. I want to see the life of God manifesting in this world because it's the greatest life. It's the life and life abundant that this world needs. And how many of you know, even in Canada today, I'm watching decisions being made and I'm being gripped in my heart by bad news. And I'm saying, God, I can't see you. What are you doing? I had the privilege with Luke to go and uh, listen to our ex-Prime Minister Stephen Harper speak on Friday night. I cried, almost, very closely. It was sweat. It was really hot in there. But anyway, (laughs) the point is is that, you know, in your heart, you're like, well, if, if only he was back in power, things would be better. But you know, how many of you know we can't put our hope in this world, in this world system? So we're saying, God, what are you doing? What's happening? You see, Jesus, we've got this bad news, and, and, and things are happening. And, and I want you to understand, Jesus never came to establish his kingdom on earth through political power. He came to establish his kingdom on earth through people. And really what he's saying is, as human beings begin to allow me to rule their lives more and more, the kingdom of God will manifest through them and that is what will change this world. That's actually the whole plan of God. Do you understand that Canada's history, the U.S.'s history, is all founded on this Judeo-Christian ethic of the revelation of the kingdom of God, the value of humanity in the eyes of God, manifesting through us to this world. And as we see our world departing more and more from God and departing from his rulership, how many of you know we are seeing things decaying morally in our society and in every other way? You know, on our peace tower in Ottawa, it says, of course, without a vision, the people perish. And, and, and the, the correct language is without a vision, the people cast off restraint. What's the vision of? It's not just a really good plan to build a church, which we're trying to do, by the way. And if you have a 
lots of money, you can donate that to our church and we'll build it. Amen. That's a little aside. It's a vision of God. Without a vision of God, this is where we're at in our story. Are you following me? Jesus is walking with these guys, but they can't see him because they're so taken with this word of bad news. And I think that's our life and your life and my life at time. We're like, man, I can't even function in this society today. Look at all the stuff that's going on. It's freaking me out. And Jesus is walking with us, but we are not recognizing him. So a word of bad news is gripping their heart. The good news is, is that they're suddenly encouraged by a word of good news. So let's follow on in the story and find out. Here's the first part of it. Jesus is alive. So the men are talking still to Jesus. They don't recognize him. Remember, he's walking with them. They just think he's a stranger. What is more, it's the third day, they say, since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they still did not see Jesus. So there's a hope. Jesus is alive. I mean, if he's alive, where is he? What's the problem? And I, I want you to understand, that's happening in your life and in my life at times. I'm going through this life, in this life, right now, and I know God's here, I know God's alive, but sometimes I can't see him. Sometimes it's not right in front of me. And even though he's right next to me, even though he's speaking to me, I, I need a revelation. Are you following me? I need my eyes to be open to see the kingdom of God, to see the king of the kingdom, because when I see him, I see hope. When I see him, I see life. When I see him, I, see, I, I understand the grace and the power and the manifestation of the life of God. That's what we need, church. But everything is coming against us right now, and all these words are speaking and distracting and distracting us from the fact that he's walking right alongside of us. We're not seeing him clearly. He's alive, but how is he revealed? <laughs> Interesting enough, isn't it great that the scriptures actually tell us? This is such a good book. See, Jesus is revealed in the word broken. Let's read on. Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish are you? <laughs> That's not the best way to start a sermon, but apparently for Jesus it works. How slow to believe that all these prophets have spoken, you guys. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things in order to enter into his glory? And beginning, I love this, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. That is a commentary set I would pay anything to own. Jesus revealing himself throughout the entire word of God. What a walk that would have been. Then he gets there, they get to where they're going, and they say, would you like to stay with us? I didn't tell you that in the text, but you put the dot, dot, dot there. They say, stay with us for food. He's like, oh, I don't know. No, come, come, come stay with us. So they stays, and he says, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. Bam! 
Has that ever happened to you? You're like, God, you're like, oh, God, you're here, you're here. Where did you go? I, I find that, you know, a lot of times I'm reading the Word and all of a sudden God's so real and the next minute I'm watching Facebook and God isn't real anymore. He disappears from my sight because another Word's coming in and, and combating against the Word of God being revealed to your life and to my life. It's amazing. He was recognized them. Oh, it says it goes on. They got up at once and returned to Jerusalem. Oh, sorry, i got to go back. When he's with them at the table, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he began to give them. Their eyes were open, they recognized him, he disappeared from the sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? And he opened the scriptures to us. How is God revealed? Through the word. The word, guys. The word, guys. I want you to catch a couple things. Men, and I'm going to talk to you men, and I'm not going to beat you up. I'm going to tell you something. Women get this before men. Did you catch that in the scriptures? Some women told us they saw Jesus. So we went and checked it out. Now the men are starting to get it. Are you with me? And I'm telling you, when God's moving, I don't know what it is. I don't know why, it, why that is. But some, somehow, women seem to align themselves with being able to connect with God at times better than men. I don't know the answer to that fully. But I'll get there at the end, I think. So here they are. They get up. They return to Jerusalem. They found the 11. They assembled together. They said, it's true. The Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way home and how Jesus had recognized them. He was recognized by them when he broke the bread. How many know the bread is referring to the word of God? Right? Man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he's teaching us a principle here. He's saying, guys, as you break the bread, even as you come to church on Sunday, you know, my job, my job as a pastor is to bake some bread. And if I'm prayed up and I'm preparing properly, every week you should be able to come and you should just smell that fresh bread being baked by the presence of Holy Spirit and saying, wow, serve it up, serve it up, serve it up. Because the word of God is so powerful. But how many of you know you don't need pastor to break the bread for you? You don't. Don't fire me though. Uh, the Holy Spirit can bake the bread for you and break the bread for you. Every day. That's what he wants to do. You see, not only is this bread the word of God... But the person of Christ is revealed as the bread is broken. But I want you to understand that that word begins to influence you, begins to transform you, begins to change you into the image of the word that God wants to speak to this world through you. Do you know you're a unique word spoken by God into this world? That you can do things that no one else can do. That is amazing. This is what God wants to achieve and accomplish as the church comes and, listen to me, is broken before him. As we are broken, the word begins to be revealed in our life and becomes a fragrant aroma to the world around us. 
So Jesus is revealed in this word broken. Amazing. Thank you, God. Let me take a minute, just a few minutes. Because I, I, I'm, a, I'm this type of guy. I have to imagine for a little bit, what would that sermon that Jesus was talking about been like? What would it have been like to have Jesus, who you can't recognize, who's standing and walking with you, what would it have been like to have him say, here's where you can see Jesus on the pages of the Old Testament, and walk them through the entire story? I don't know what it was like, but I can just imagine some things. Maybe he said something like, you know the story of Adam and Eve? Guys, don't you remember when Adam and Eve sinned and Adam and Eve blew it? That God said that your seed is going to come back and he's going to establish the kingdom and he's going to heal all this brokenness and he's going to redeem you. Do you remember that? That was Jesus being revealed. And maybe he went on and said, you know, Noah, he came and he preached repentance to the world and he said, get in the ark, get in the ark and be saved and be safe. You know, Jesus was the ark. And he went, on, he went on and he talked about Abraham and Isaac. Don't you remember Abraham had to take his own, one and only son, his beloved son, and he had to lay him on an altar and sacrifice him? And don't you remember God gave him back and in that sense raised him from the dead? And you can see their hearts are burning, their hearts are burning. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And now you see Jesus was the, sent by the beloved father. This was his beloved son and he was sacrificed for the goodness of mankind. And he goes on and he tells the story about Joseph. You know, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. And how many of you know that our sins have betrayed, betrayed Jesus? And he really is that brother who comes, but he comes and offers us salvation in spite of it. And he goes on and the story goes on and he talks about Moses set adrift on this world in order to become the redeemer of this world. He talks about Job and, and how you know, a righteous man suffered for no, for no reason, like he didn't earn it, he didn't deserve it. Jesus came and suffered for no reason, he didn't deserve it, but for the reason of saving our souls. And he talks about Hosea and he says, Hosea, man, he was a prophet of God, but God told him, marry a prostitute. And the prostitute was so unfaithful, but he kept taking her back, and he kept taking her back. Don't you see that's Jesus? Don't you see that when we're unfaithful, when we fail, when we blow it, he keeps taking us back, and the whole time they're walking with Jesus going, wow, wow, wow. They can't see him yet. But something's burning in their hearts, the Bible says. Something's burning. You're right. You're right. It's not all bad news. You're right. It's not all destroyed. You're right. It's not all over. There's some good news in this world. Amen? Isaiah 53, Jesus lands there and he camps there and he talks about the suffering servant. Didn't you see that he had to suffer? Didn't you see that by his stripes we are healed? Didn't you see that the, 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 the iniquity of us all, everything we've ever done wrong was placed on him in order to bring us back to God? You're right. Wow. Maybe he gets to the temple. And I love this one. I won't go through the whole thing. There could be a lot to unpack here. Remember the temple and the, temple, the tabernacle in the wilderness? Do you know everything in that temple, every single thing in that temple is actually a picture of Jesus? Everything. And he starts walking through, and I don't know if you can see the little picture of the temple. I don't know if we have it up there. It might not be there. It doesn't matter. You walk in, and the first thing you run into, you run into this altar, this brazen altar, where the lambs were sacrificed. Do you understand? To come into the presence of God, a lamb had to be sacrificed. And then there's a place to wash your hands. And, and even though the lamb has been sacrificed and we're in the presence of God, how many of you know we still blow it and we need to wash ourselves in the word all the time? 
And then he moves, keeps moving into the temple. And he says, guys, you know, you go into the holy place, which is the next level of the temple, and there's nothing there. You can't see in there. There's three things in there, but they're only lit up by a candelabra. And, and there's a place where there's bread. It's called the bread of the face or the bread of presence. And there's a place where there's prayers and incense. And it's this bowl of incense that's constantly raising up as a fragrance before God. And Jesus is explaining. He's saying, guys, do you understand that the bread of presence is talking about that which reveals the face of God? And you know the light is shining and its whole job is to shine on the bread? How many of you know you're the lights of the world now? And you're to shine on the bread of presence. And you know what's cool about this bread of presence? I don't know. I think this is cool. There's 12 tribes of Israel. They bake 12 loaves of bread every week. Every week they break 12 loaves of bread. Then those bread, that bread is dispersed. And then they eat 12, bake 12 more loaves of bread. How many you know every single week we're to come and have the bread of presence, the bread of the face of God, the revelation of God? Why is church so important? Because every week, if I'm doing my job, you're to come and have the bread of presence reveal the presence of God to you. And reset things and remind you and say, oh yeah, I'm being an idiot. Oh yeah, I'm watching too much Facebook stuff right now. God is here. Jesus is alive. Everything's okay. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. You need the bread of life, church. The show bread, the bread of the face. The altar of incense is cool, and I just throw this in there to say this. The altar of incense represents the prayers of the saints. Do you know how powerful prayer meeting is? Our fasting and prayer meeting, I've, I've been convincing people just to come. Just come. Because see, this is where I think, man, I'm going to tell you, man, I think this is where we get it a little bit. Sometimes it's really hard for us to pray because we don't understand it. It doesn't seem practical to us. We're fixers. We're in control. Go to prayer meeting and God is saying, what? I don't... I could be working on my car. I could be posting some things on Facebook to correct everybody else. No, no. You just need to show up. You need to show up. You need to show up. Because Jesus wants to apprentice you in prayer. You know, can I tell you something about becoming a Christian, men and women? Do you know that you're promoted to incompetence? <laughs> that you really don't know how to live life in the kingdom of God when you first become a Christian? You don't. So just understand, you're just, you're just starting as an apprentice. You're, forgive me, you're an idiot. You're an idiot in the things of the kingdom. But God takes you right there. He says, that's okay. I'll train you now. Walk with me. Walk with me. So the word's becoming flesh to us. The moment the physical bread was broken, he revealed himself to the disciples. Pretty cool. Pretty amazing. A word of bad news becomes a word of good news. Christ is alive. He's revealed to us by the word of God being broken. And that's what he calls us to. And let me land this thing now. He's called to partake and we're called to partake and illuminate the word every day. While they were still talking about this, Jesus stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Remember, the guys have come back. Jesus has been revealed. They rush back to the guys. It's true, it's true, it's true. Now Jesus shows up himself to the men and the women that are gathered there. 
He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that's written about me in the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer. He will rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay into the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He opens their minds to understand the word of God. Church, listen. Men, listen. It's time to get back into the word. And you may think, I don't know what to do. Can I just say, just open up your Bibles? Just open up your Bibles. And just camp on one verse. Don't worry about reading the whole Bible in a year. Actually throw that idea away. You say, I don't know where to start. Okay, can I give you a hint? Start in the book of Proverbs. Because it's practical and you'll relate to that, guys. Oh, okay, that makes sense. If I'm kind to people, they'll be kind to me. Okay, if I'm, I get that. Just start there. That's why I love going to John, John Booker's Bible study on Sunday, uh, Saturday morning, Friday mornings, uh, which I've been to like at least three times. Um, <laughs> they read the book of Proverbs all the time. That's it. That's what they do. Just every day. Do you know there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, guys? And if you read a chapter a day, how many times would you go through the book of Proverbs in a year? Twelve. At least five. <laughs> At least five math-challenged brother that he is. It's good. Just start somewhere. Start in the Gospels. Just read. Say, God, would you apprentice me? I don't get this. Just be honest. Why am I reading this? I don't get it. That's a great place to start. Just take one verse for the day and start read it. Meditate on it. He opens the minds to the word of God. But God wants to reveal you as a word to this world as well, doesn't he? So how am I going to be a revelation of God to my, my world, Pastor? Well, at work, let me tell you, it's really pragmatic, really practical. Number one is this, uh, you don't gossip. I'm just giving you an idea. You don't slam the boss in the lunchroom when no, everyone else is slamming the boss. It's really practical, guys. I remember when I was working for Wang Computers, I became a Christian, and, uh, you know, I'm telling you, they, they saw a change in me overnight. And it was so, they couldn't comprehend it. Fraser, who partied with us last week, is now like, and I wasn't preaching, but they could see a change in my life. Something was happening. And I'll tell you, when all those guys started going through problems in their life, guess who they came and talked to? They would mock me behind my back, but then when they went through problems, they'd say, would you... What's going on in your life? What changed you? That's, that's preaching. Are you with me? That's preaching. Our job is to reveal Christ to this world. He opened their lives to the power of the word. He said, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay into the city till you've been clothed with power from on high. You see, men, I'm picking on you because it's Father's Day, but I'm not. You know why you need to show up, just come to prayer meeting, and you say, oh, I don't know how to pray? Just, it doesn't matter. Just show up. Just show up and sit there, because you're going to be apprenticed by people who do know how to pray. And it's, it's, it's okay. You don't have to say a word. Just come. 
You know, one of the things about when I grew up in, and I was being apprenticed uh, when I started working for Wang Computers, um, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I graduated near the top of my class in electronics engineering, and I, I was freaked out and terrified to start working for a computer company. Because I was like, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm doing. But you know what was amazing as I went and I just showed up to work? Everything I was terrified of, as I showed up, I realized I didn't need to know all that. As I just showed up to work on time, and I went with guys who actually knew what they were doing, they began to apprentice me. And I began to learn things, and I began to watch, and I said, I, I can do that. And I began to watch how they interacted with customers, and it changed the way I interacted with customers. Are you following me? I just was apprenticed. That's how it happened. And as I went along, I became better, and I became better, and I became better. That's how it worked. When I worked in computers, I'm telling you, I started at nothing, and God moved me through by apprenticing me using others to do it. Can't he do that in your life too? He opened them to the power of the word. Our Wednesday night prayer meetings, the power of God is present, guys. The power of God is present. And I've walked with several people, inviting them, inviting them, begging them, come, come, come. They finally come and say, wow. Is this every week like this? Yep. Yeah. Just show up. God will, change, God will change you. God will train you. Lastly, he calls them to be witnesses of the word. Did you catch that? He says, you're my witnesses in this world. And that word is an amazing word. You know what that word means? The actual Greek word is the word martyr. He's given us a clue here. And he's saying, guys, as you die to your selfish, self-centered fear <laughs> and just show up, I will reveal myself through you. Not only to you, but through you. That's what, die to self, we get all freaked out by this stuff. All it means is, guys, I lay my agenda down. How many of you know every single Wednesday night I have something better to do than prayer meeting? but I don't. Are you following what I'm saying? Every day I go to open my Bible to do devotions. Every day, guess what? Something's telling me, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Oh, you don't have time for this. You don't get it anyway. Why would you bother? Come on now. Just open the book. Say, God, I'm here. Make a cup of coffee. Sit down and say, Jesus, apprentice me. Open the word. Die to self. Lay down that self-centered, selfish desire to follow what Greg wants to do. And I, I'm going to tell you, here's my little thought. I, was, I told you I'd tell you why I think men find prayer and reading the Bible hard. This is not a, a, a condemnation statement. It's that we don't know what we're doing. Therefore, it becomes easier not to do it. But how many know when you're apprenticed, it's awkward at first? When he says, hand me the, and he names the type of pliers, you have to hand them. And you're very happy because you know what a pliers are, but that's it. And you see 17 types of pliers in front of you, and you're like, and you, and you don't ask. You don't ask. You just grab the first one you think it is, and he's like, what? Dude, those pliers. And then by the third time you do that, you start to say, you know, which pliers, what do they look like? What are they like? 
yeah, this is what they do. And then if the person's a good teacher and trainer, he will begin to walk you through and not make you feel small or little, but train you. Amen? And as you do that and as you lay down yourself and be humble that way, God begins to train you in the Word. Our world is desperate, church, for some good news. We're steeped in bad news. And guess what? You're the good news. You. Christ in you. Your life is the word to this world. That there's hope. That you can be a good father. That you can change and you can overcome and you can be different than you are. That you can have a good marriage. You want to freak guys out at work? Talk positively about your wife. Just that. Yeah, the old lady does it. Man, my wife's awesome. My wife is gorgeous, dude. Woo! Come on. I don't need no pornography. I got my wife. Woo! Come on. <laughs> you want to freak every guy out? Start doing that stuff. I love my kids. I had my neighbor tell me the other day, he said, yeah, my little girl, you know, she loves me, but one day she's... And he just totally speaks a curse over his daughter. She'll tell me to... And he said some interesting language. I know that day's coming. I said, that doesn't have to come, man. My daughter loves me. My daughter dresses me, dude. <laughs> she buys a tie and then builds the whole outfit around it. Do you know, just that word to that guy, you could see him thinking... Just that one change. Do you know what? I'm, I'm being a witness. Because it's awkward. It's awkward to challenge him. Because every other guy is saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's not hard, guys. You can do this. You can do this. Let yourself be broken, church. Let's open up the word and let him reveal himself to us. Let's open up our lives to the Spirit of God and let Him fill us. Let's be open and real and broken and vulnerable and available and God will shape our lives as a word in this world. That's the word of the Lord to every one of us today. And in particular, I'm challenging you men to become and let God create you to be the word of God that He sees you to be a word to this world of hope, a word of peace, a word of power, a word of grace. Amen? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is for you and not against you. You are who he says you are. Your kids need you, dads. Our world wants to marginalize you. Our world wants to tell you that men are of no value. It's a lie. It's an absolute, devastating, wicked lie. You are so essential. 
to this world. You're so essential to the lives of others. And those of you that are men that are maybe are, you're not fathers, but you know what? You can be a spiritual father. You can be a spiritual dad. You can mentor people. There's place for every one of us. And what I want to do today is I just want to, first of all, have all the men stand. Every man. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're 95. And I just want you to lift up your hands to the Lord right now. And I want you to just to say, God, make me a word to this world. Can you repeat that after me? Say, God, make me a word to this world. A word of hope. A word of grace. A word of peace. A word of life. God, this world is desperate for me to show up in Jesus' name. Father, bless these men and these women. Reveal yourself to them and through them. In the midst of a world full of bad news, may they become the hope of the world. That through them, Christ will be revealed by the power of his Holy Spirit in their families and to their children's children, Lord God. May you bless them. May you keep them. May you watch over them. May you cause your grace to abound to them, Father God. And may you give them hope today that they have great purpose in this life for many years to come. In Jesus' name. Amen.